1: Welcome to the wheelhouse.
2: You can see the confidence build day by day, and there's an electricity to his personality on the field that's really hard to look away from.
1: Starring Jerry Depoto And Jerry Depoto to the plate with the 2-2 pitch to Alex. Swing and a He struck him out on the fastball. With Aaron Goldsmith. And now chapter three is, yeah, he's a real ball player. He's an impactful player. He can do a ton for your team. And this is a guy that can really help to solidify a big league lineup. And Gary Hill, Jr.
0: He seems along those lines where he wants to be great and does everything possible to go get it.
1: It's time for the Wheelhouse. Here's Aaron. We're back with the Wheelhouse podcast. Aaron Goldsmith, Gary Hill, and Jerry Depoto. We are taping this in advance of the Dodgers series. It's Friday afternoon. Jerry, it still feels like summer out, man. How you doing?
2: It's amazing. I'm wearing short sleeves. It's sunny in Seattle. We're in a pennant race. There's, I am Looking forward to that nice little crispness in the air that comes with end of season, October. Let's let's get it on.
1: Well, uh, your team is coming off a series win. It was obviously a bit of a rocky start to begin the month on what we knew. And you could circle that road trip in spring training, right? And you knew that that was going to be a gauntlet, even coming off the month of August that it was. But the Mariners have had a chance to reset now and advance the Dodgers series. And, man, you look at what's going on in the division. You look at what's going on in the wild card, Jerry. There's a lot to keep our eyes on right now around baseball.
2: It's unbelievable. I I found myself, you know, yesterday with an off day, we had a series of of in-house meetings that we were running through, most of which were virtual. I was back home by three o'clock in the afternoon thinking, what do I do with my off day? And lo and behold, what did I do? I flipped on the MLB network and (laughs) and was watching the, you know, the the four squares of of big time playoff chase baseball, which was so much fun. And, And when you've got races that are this tight. And I was thinking about it watching this yesterday. You know, we we talk about the American League, you know, wild card race and and even divisional race for us in the West. You know, you've got three teams in the West that are within a game and a half of one another. You've got a wild card race where if you turn and look around, you don't have to look too far. And and the the Jays are a game and a half back. And then you look at the National League and there are five teams within a half a game (laughs) of one another. And it's you want to talk about a stressor for the rest of the season (laughs) holy smokes it should be fun
0: yeah what's striking about this race looking at it is just the wild swings one way or another that we've seen in the past few weeks from all these teams involved it's uh makes it really hard to know what to expect here the next couple of weeks
2: i I think if you want to if you really want to stress yourself out go in on a on a nightly by nightly basis and and flip on fan graphs Playoff oh, yes. odds graphs <laughs> where you've got the lines and all of a sudden it looks like, oh, am I having a cardiac arrest or is that just what the the playoff odds look like today? But it, it does go up and down. It has been, you know, a little bit of a topsy-turvy couple of weeks. Uh, you've you've got the smoking hot rangers then you've got the ice cold rangers you've got the mariners who seemingly can't lose and then you turn around and and roughly we couldn't find a win there for a little while and and that's where it goes and and in september now where it's every game matters and and every inning feels a little bit more important than it ever has before that's what makes this really fun and i am i every day you wake up and you can't wait to get to the ballpark
1: the four-game series had just finished between the Rangers and the Blue Jays. We knew when that started, it would have a long way of going and dictating what was going to happen in the wild card race and, uh, consequently, the division as well. H- how did you view that four-game series, and what did you want to happen?
2: Uh, I mean, really, and this—it it sounds terrible because I'm—I am I'm fans of the people involved with uh, with both teams, but what we wanted to happen is whoever won the first game of the series i was rooting for them to win the rest of the games <laughs> of the series and and i think that would have been the case were you know were we playing one of those teams and and the, the third of us felt you know or was watching from afar it's you know anytime you can have someone take on some water you know that's probably good for the the other two teams but, you know, watching how Texas got it together and particularly how much better their pitching was in, in that series than what it was for the previous couple of weeks, you know, a little bit scary because you know you've got them coming up on the horizon. But, you know, two really two of the league's better offensive teams, at least on paper, and, and the, the Rangers showed up in a big way. I think we also decided let's not – let Corey Seager beat us oh. <laughs> because, my God, <laughs> this guy's having some kind of year. And uh, it feels like everything he hits is a rocket from line to line. And, you know, their lineup is so robust that you really don't have a choice but to go into to that part of the gauntlet from time to time. But there seems to be other
0: alternatives that, that we
2: should at least look at.
0: Okay. So what is your stress level watching a, a Mariners game compared to watching two teams involved in the mix but not one of your teams. So say you're watching the Blue Jays, Rangers. Where where's your stress level compared?
2: You know, this one I can give you a, a real time or an actual replay. Uh, this is this dates back. You know, it's probably 10 days ago now, and I, I think I told you guys I was home. I had COVID. I was I was you know laid up for a little bit. The Rangers were playing the Twins. Mm. And this was at the very tail end of our last homestand, you know, and I'm not feeling great. And I get home, we play a day game, they're still going. And, and I I'm flipped on, I'm watching the game and they're in extra innings and it turns into a meltdown type, uh, type situation. And, and at, at a certain point as the game is tipping in the direction, I would prefer it not tip in and I'm working my way toward the edge of the couch and my stress level is rising, I turned around to my wife and I said, you know what I just realized? I don't have to watch this. <laughs> so I turned it off. <laughs> That's the difference. This is, you know, Our game, I am locked in, and I am there good, bad, or indifferent. Nice. And the other game, I thought, I don't have to watch this. This is I don't need this in my life.
1: Well, the Mariners are coming off a series win against the Angels, and one of the real highlights of that was the performance from Brian Wu. We know that... Uh, he was pushed back from that Tampa series, got extra rest. Uh, he had a career high in swings and misses in that game. I mean, he just, he looked dynamite. Can you talk us through a little bit about the planning of how many days that you did end up moving him back, the rationale behind that, and then kind of what the rest of the season looks like for the rotation with Wu, knowing that he is kind of the central planning piece? Brian
2: was the one, and we've mentioned this on a number of occasions, he was the one that we were most concerned with managing his innings and you know this is just a new not this isn't just a new area that he stepped into it's an entirely new zip code you know it's he's not been to this stage in his in his baseball life much less his professional career so we wanted to be really careful there we wanted to ensure that there was still life to his stuff when we got to the end and we also wanted to see him pitch out a full season because you can only do what you're trained to do. And and for us as and this is something that we were very, you know, conscious of coming through, you know, COVID summer and building innings in the time since, is you we, we have to get these guys through a six month season. We have to give them the experience, even if it's shorter innings, starting those games and, and building that type of workload. And you know, so we didn't want to just forsake that with Brian and shut him down entirely. And so we've been trying to manage it. The, the logic behind, you know, skipping his start in Tampa or pushing it back, which is effectively what happened, we didn't want him making three or more starts on the fifth day, you know. And so throughout the course of the season, we were just monitoring how often he's making the fifth-day start. And, and it never really came to pass that he was making that fifth-day start a third time in succession there would always be an off day or you were able to do something to to counterbalance that but this time through we weren't going to be able to avoid it because we had the the you know the consecutive game run that we were on and we determined that that was you know that was the one that was the concern and and if we were able to push that start back or skip it so to speak then the off days which started for us yesterday there's another one next thursday know, would allow us to only throw him on the fifth day one more time all season. And, and that's really what we were trying to achieve. And, you know, if the early returns, how live his stuff looked the other night were indicative of, of the good that it did, I'm, I'm glad we did it.
1: On the pitching side, we also saw a pretty notable career highlight and Mariner all-time highlight, to be frank about it, in Matt Brash. He became only the fifth Mariner reliever in franchise history to strike out 100 batters in a single season. Fittingly, he did it on a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He was really pumping some heat that day. This has been such an interesting season from Brash because I think if you're a casual observer, you could have possibly flipped on or come to the game where the Babbitt gods uh, kind of spit on him a little bit and uh, did not show their favor. Um, And yet, he's had one of the great strikeout seasons in franchise history. He has been, by many accounts, one of the most valuable relievers in all of baseball this year. Well, I can't help but think back to a guy that, I mean, you guys basically got for nothing. I mean, it's a major coup in the grand scheme of things. Your overall impression of what this year has been like for Matt Brash?
2: I think he's had an awesome year, to to put it as, I guess, as directly as I can. I, I also think this is just the nature of being a relief pitcher in, in the game. And, and I, I will say this, having been a much worse one than Matt <laughs> for a length of time, you're paid to go do the job nobody really remembers it when you do it well but they remember vividly (laughs) when you do it poorly and you know i i think that is the nature of being a, a high leverage reliever especially a high leverage reliever who doesn't accumulate a lot of saves because sometimes the saves tend to wash away some of the anxieties that fans feel when they're watching but when you're the guy that gets the hold. It's not super sexy. It's not something that the that, that at the end of the game you're you take part in the the infield dance. You're out there and you're doing a lot of the yeoman's work to, to, to generate that win. And I, I think it's an incredibly valuable role on a team. Matt has, has filled that role unbelievably well for us. He's essentially been our pivot setup guy. The guy that comes in, in the the dirtiest points of an inning when you've got two men on, you've got the bases loaded, a three-run lead just turned into a one-run lead or the game hangs in the balance. And with Matt, it is almost always against the heart of the lineup. And, you know, think about the, the degree of difficulty in most of what has been a league-leading number of appearances. And, and I, I really can't speak enough to how good he's been in the role he's played on this team. And, you know, to the point where... As we, our bullpen has evolved through the year, his role remains the constant because he's the guy you can launch in those moments. You know you've got high chance to get strikeouts. He's, he has done a remarkable job of picking up those runners in those moments. And if he were working from a place of a normal BABIP, you know, if, if he were working at a league average or even something, like, let's say, like a 320 Babbitt <laughs> instead of, yeah, you know, for that first half of the season, I felt like he was running a 600, which was and, and that's not far off of what the actual was. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's had really a, a historically good reliever season in many ways. And and, you know, it's it's hard because you usually remember the untimely homer or, you know, the, the moment a, a soft hit landed and got away from you. But I think like so many of our guys in the bullpen, there's a, w- a lot more good that,
0: than there has been, you know, bad for them this year. And, and Matt's probably driving that train. Yeah, it's funny because when you think about the save so often, you know, a guy comes in with clean inning. And it, the, the amount of innings where Matt has come into a game with the bases empty, no traffic, it's, it's like a handful. He's been in the fire just about all season and performed so well in that role that was my favorite part of you know the the games where i would come in in those
2: situations i loved it you know you come in and it's it's on you have to be you have to be good in the moment i was for me personally i was far more locked in in those moments mm. than i was in the the clean inning and I, I, I would joke around. I was way better at, at stranding somebody else's runs than I was at not giving up my own. And I, there is a pride factor involved with that. You feel, you know, you feel a, a responsibility to your teammates, to to your staff mates, to pick them up, and and you know the degree of awareness you have in that moment is pretty high. And 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 you love getting that hug when you get in the dugout from the pitcher who you saved. It's a it's it's a big deal.
1: It's been. Um... It's been pretty cool, Jerry, to see Cal Raleigh develop in so many ways. I mean, there was once a time where Cal Raleigh never smiled. Uh, There was a time where Cal didn't really say much to many people. Uh, And now Cal has a great personality. We've heard from so many people within the clubhouse talk about how his leadership has just blossomed in a relatively short period of time. And for the second straight year, he has broken his own franchise record for home runs in a single season by a Mariners catcher. It's been special to see him become such a pillar within this clubhouse and on the field in such a short period of time.
2: None of this strikes us as surprising. When, you know, From the time we drafted Cal, and I, and I think we've mentioned this on Wheelhouse's past if we went through the, the archives, his, he was always so well-regarded, coming through PD, the stabs that he was associated with, his teammates, the managers, pitching coaches who he interacted with. I know Andy and our coordinators sung his praises over and over. Uh, you may recall this was September 2019, uh, and it was prior to uh, Cal's, really Cal's first opportunity in the big leagues, but didn't come for a couple of years after, but or at least a year and a half we we brought him to the big leagues for a homestand in september just to observe the way we did things to to help grease his, his path toward toward ease in the clubhouse feeling good about the way the meetings went you know there's a lot of responsibility associated with being a catcher in today's game you know from the advanced scouting information to understanding the 13 position players on on the other club the way you're going to match up in left and right hand situations your pitchers, the 13 guys that are going to run out there for you and and what we're trying to emphasize with each of their arsenals and what somebody might be struggling with or an area where they might be thriving. There's so much that goes into it and then oh by the way, you got to go play offense. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I will say this about Cal, he's he's setting standards for for the Mariners as far as, you know, power hitting catchers go. He's not just a good power hitting catcher. He's just an awesome power hitter. Yeah. He's, uh, and, and I don't suspect that he's broken his own record for the last <laughs> time. And, and, you know, and, and I don't think there, that we've seen the end of his climb in the organization. Like, he'll start showing up on the all-time home run hitters in, in Mariners history because he started young. And he started banging at a at an early stage in his career, and we have no intention of him not being here for for a long time to come. So, watching what he's doing from the leadership to the offensive profile that he's created, to the toughness that he brings every day, and you know these last couple of weeks have been hard on our entire team. You know, it's there's not been a lot of sleep. It's a ton of travel. It's thousands of miles bouncing back and forth around the country, and you know I, I guess if I had a nickel. If I had a nickel for every time I walked past a fan in Seattle or here at T-Mobile Park who said, Hey, Jerry, shine Otani," Or <laughs> every, time, every time I saw Cal take a, like a, this, the most uncomfortable-looking foul ball yes. off the thigh, the inner thigh, the kneecap, the, and every time he gets up, he gives you the, 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 the stern face. He looks like, okay, I can get through this, and then he goes out and he plays his game. He's, he's a tough dude, and, and he has done a remarkable job at a time
0: where we needed him the most. I think he is putting together the single best season a Mariners catcher has ever had, and this is his second full season. He's 10th in the American League in F4 right now. for Everybody. Not just, We're talking everybody. 10th in the American League. He's like having that kind of season. The power has been there. We've you talked about everything he does as a catcher with the pitching staff. You know he's added points to his batting average. He's added points to his on base percentage. Where do you see Cal going? I look at Cal, and it, I, it's hard to as as a hitter for
2: average, a bat for average. Yeah. To be a catcher. Yeah. Who takes that kind of beating and bats for average? You know, it's a, a and I don't know I don't know why that is over time, but you know, in recent years it's just not something that's commonplace. You know, but if you were to strike the ideal profile for a catcher, you know, we want somebody who's physical, who's durable, who calls a good game, who can throw, who receives well, who's got power, and, oh, by the way, can they do it from both sides of the plate with patience to run an a, a on-base that's probably, you know, 100 points higher than your batting average. Cal does all those things, and, and he's 26 years old. I, I think right now, and I, and I believe this is, is well, I believe, uh, is that a player's the peak is typically going to happen between the ages of 26 and 30 years old as, as a baseball player. Cal's just opening that window. And, you know, and that makes what's happening now even more exciting is that he's really just scratching the surface of what he can do. And. You know, I I don't think it's it's out of the realm of reason that all those areas that you see him getting better at or, or incrementally better at, he's going to continue to get incrementally better at. And what that tells me is, while he's when he's in his late 20s, you know the the offensive numbers have a chance to look extreme. Mm-hmm. And the ballpark suits him. He finds a way to. I, I I think the 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 knock to right field the other day to to knock in the the go ahead run against the Angels was the. It's it epitomizes Cal and that he'll go down and fish out that backdoor slider to the changeup that's under the zone. that looks like you have no chance. And he finds a way to put the ball down in fair territory to hit it out of the ballpark when you need it. And uh, there's so many things that he does that just really take him to a different level. And the position that he plays and how durable he is in, in doing his job is it's it's awesome. I'm glad we have
1: him. Yeah. Also has very healthy gums. He's an avid flosser, Jerry. I don't know if, you're, if you've seen him with the floss sticks often, but it's, um, it's kind of his go-to. Wow. Yeah. I, I,
2: I will say that now that you mention it, I, I believe I have seen him yeah. floss <laughs> yeah. stick. And I, you know,
1: I will admit, Jerry, I've asked some baseball players some – this will surprise you. I've asked them some odd questions over the course of my career, uh, but I've never asked anybody, hey, so why are you always flossing <laughs> uh, until I yeah. met Cal? And uh, – Cal did not disappoint me. He just um, he prioritizes this as part of his life, Jerry. Dental hygiene. Yeah. He's, he's always doing it. Yeah. Just I, I, walking around, just yeah. Got a bat in one hand and a floss stick in the other, you know, going to the cage, coming back, pitchers meeting, just flossing.
2: It's another tool in his tool chest. Yeah.
1: And when he signed you like this, when he signed an autograph for my kids on a family trip. Hey dad, is that Cal? Yeah, of course it's Cal. Can I go get his autograph? Yeah, he can go get his autograph. He's flossing. And Cal signed the ball and said, Okay. I'll sign it, but you got a floss tonight. <laughs> now come on. This is amazing. He's only 26. He's already ready to be a dad. You know, that's incredible. incredible. Now, now,
2: what would really have shown me something if, if you would have, in a small plastic bag, oh. requested the floss stick? Yes. Oh, that would have been. And great. that would have. It, that's
1: collectible. Yes. Could I? Is there a space Can on there sign for a floss stick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just dumper. <laughs> dumper 29. Yeah. Uh, we love Cal. He's one of the greatest, and. uh for all the for all the reasons we referenced, there's so many to cover with Cal Raleigh. Hey, if a 20- You know what
2: one we didn't cover? And and but I do think deserves its just due on these airways. Cal can run, man. Yes. I, I don't know if, if the, like Jerry this is, No, I know he's a prowler on the bases. He gets down the line. He can move two bases at a time. Jerry,
1: he flew out the other day. There's a routine fly. Yeah, see, okay, here we go. He flies out the other day. It was a deep fly ball out. So he's run it's two outs. He's rounding first base, right? And I'm watching him, Jerry. I'm watching him run. And the dumpers in full force and the lights are shining bright on it. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying, you know what? He's got a good gait. He's he does a good gait. It's an athletic strides get oh, out it there. It is, man. Yeah. And I'm like yep. that looks good. That looks good. And you know, by pure stat cast principle yeah. it's like it's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. But you know the- it's important to look good while your sprint speed is also at least average, and Cal, man, that's not just some big tub of jelly running around there behind home plate. He can, he's an athlete. He, he is. Can, an he athlete. can
0: move. He is an athlete. He'd probably be even faster if he wasn't taking foul balls off himself yeah. every other second. <laughs> both legs were just black and blue, <laughs> yeah. uh, I just can't. Jerry saying that
1: <sighs> it really is validating. It is. You know, because yeah. I just I saw it with my own eyes, Jerry, and I thought. I mean, you know, I'm am I a, getting this wrong? You know, Jerry, that I I'm a professional scout. I mean, you, you you're aware of this.
2: <laughs> you scout. I'm going to say you are a professional scout of nuances among the
1: elite players in the I, world. I will take yes. it, and even the not so elite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they'll stand out even more, Jerry. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I think there's room on your staff for somebody that has that type of an eye, um, or I'll just consult. I can consult to keep my day job. It's
0: I'd fine. be concerned where this would all be going if you were involved. I'm in um, so
1: I'm 80 uh, percent success rate. <laughs> <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so I think I, I may
2: have shared this with you uh, somewhere in the wayback machine, but during my time with the Arizona Diamondbacks and, and player personnel for a, a period of time for about 2 years uh, my special assistant was Jerry Krause. you have yeah. you have shared it but yes. it's it's worth it's going love over again it. Yes. because I love it. it validates
1: my every breath <laughs> jerry can. so please continue <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> jerry i mean had an unbelievable career storied career as an nba executive championships with the chicago bulls drafted and signed the likes of michael jordan and scottie Pippen and you know all those great bulls teams began as a dual NBA MLB scout in the late 60s, splitting his time, started with the Cleveland, then the Cleveland Indians as, a, as an area scout, uh, moved on to the Chicago White Sox. At the same time, he was scouting for the Minneapolis Lakers. And, and he had, over time, he developed, you know, his system. He would come up with various ticks and traits or facial features about a player. <laughs> That would determine whether it was a go or not, and he would say to me, "Just give me an eight by ten, give me a headshot, and I will tell you if this guy is going to be a player." And I, we would do it. And he, and he would. I said, "I said, who's got the best face of all time?" You know, because he would always tell me, "It's a bad face. It's a bad face. You know? <laughs> I'm not going there. It's a bad face." This you is Aaron. And I'd send, a, a, "Who's the best face of all time?" He said, "He said best face of all time, Ozzie Guillen." He said, you go watch Ozzy again." He said, the tools
0: aren't going to jump out at you. But My God, that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jerry, the, those are great stories. I am concerned <laughs> how much you're encouraging Aaron. I, everyone just. This th- could be Aaron's future. This is, uh, <laughs> yes. I'm the world's
1: largest sailboat and my sails are full. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I, I think. This is
2: your Leo DiCaprio these in things, moment you know, in the I'd Titanic.
1: Say, it's, there's like one of us a generation, Jerry, okay? And I have been put in in your sight to take advantage of. So I'm right here. You know where to find me. <laughs> Broadcast wing.
2: There it goes. Okay?
1: Um, it's hard to – it's obviously – it's hard to move on from there um, because that's as good as our show will ever get. Um, but I do think we should touch on uh, someone who is putting together a quite possibly – you know, we talked about Cal, the, maybe the best – season by catcher in franchise history. But when it's all said and done, the season from Julio, this will go down as one of the great seasons by a Mariner. I mean, we, we have talked about a kind of piecemeal on, on the wheelhouse over the course of the year. But now, a gold glove, a very likely, a silver slugger, very likely, uh, a top, you tell me, MVP finish, or a top two, potentially, um, a 30-30 season, right? Uh, and there's so much more, uh, even below the surface. This is this is one of the all-time. He could lead the league in hits. He is at the time of this recording. This is one of the all-time great seasons by Mariner,
2: and the unveiling of Julio's. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, we're getting it all. Yeah, right. And the since the first of August, I can't imagine there being a better baseball player. You know, in all the things that that he has done. And, and this dates back to last April, even the day he joined our system we've always you know just scratched our heads and marveled at at the his goodness on a baseball field and the upside potential of what he could provide. But what we're watching since July first has been insane uh, and it is the bat for average, the impact on the bases the the homers, the big hits. You know, at big hits at huge times off real pitching. It's his ability to cover so many different pitches. I, I think it's a real maturation in his management of the strike zone, the impact that he has on the bases. I think it would be a travesty if he didn't win a gold glove this year. His, uh, his routes have been as precise as you can possibly run routes. And, um, and, I, and I say all this, and he does it with, the, like, this infectious – the attraction that that draws in anybody who's watching. You, he's, he's one of those players where nobody's walking past the TV when he's up at bat and not stopping, and, and all right, got to watch what happens here. And I, and I found myself, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Root Bar- Sports rebroadcasts our games, and when I was sick, it's a, I would – I'd have him on in the background. Root's always running, and, and it's 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 going on. And I'd be sitting at a table, having a meal with my wife, whatever it is, and we're having a conversation, and Julio's up. I've already seen the at-bat. I know what's <laughs> going to happen, and I just start watching. You know, it's it, it's just he has that. And um, I think there's an argument to be made that he is the most valuable player in the league, and, and especially what he's done in the time that, that we've made our big move in this playoff race. And uh, such a – such a unique season uh, and i and i i think to myself i'm again i'm home last night watching the the quadrangle of of games and and i they flash up in the background they're showing top 6 in 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 the league in various uh categories and and julio's sixth in the league in batting which it blows you away when you think about it i, I think we went into the all-star break and he was hovering around you know the, the high 230s and You know, how quickly that water turned on and and what that tells you he's capable of. He's 22. And I I can think of, of, you know, 22 year olds in A-ball who we would salivate to get our hands on as an organization thinking what their upside potential could be. And we're talking about a 22 year old who's already one of the elite players in the major leagues against the best players in the world. Are you um and he's got a great face. Well, I I, <laughs> did,
1: I did think about going there. You know, he is the he is the triple play. Great name, great face, Kirk Havs. Yeah. I mean, clearly. Uh, but you knew that already. I, I don't need to tell you players you already have. I need to tell you players that you should stay away from <laughs> 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 or that you should go acquire. Uh Jerry, I'm trying to remember Stump J D last time, a narrow miss? I feel like that was a narrow I think we got him last time. I think we did. Uh, I feel good about your chances this time,
0: Jerry. We'd have to go back and listen. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> there's no way we're doing that. No.
1: Okay, um, there have been three players in Major League Baseball this year hit their 300th home run. Kind of fun. Uh, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, and a guy who's in the ballpark right now, J.D. Martinez. Uh, I would like you to tell me, by the way, McCutcheon, who tore his Achilles, is sitting on 299. Oh. Not
2: a I of bummer. I'll root for Andrew McCutcheon no matter. You know, right. I, I hope he gets a chance to hit another two hundred and ninety nine. But man, that's that's yeah. hard.
1: Uh, that's a couple hard. more phones before I get to the actual question. Ricky Henderson, I didn't realize ended at two ninety seven.
2: I think his his other numbers. I know <laughs> were, <laughs> were significant.
1: Um, another one at two ninety seven. Mariner legend Carlos Santana. A sneaky go. 297. I didn't yep. see that coming. Actually, the,
2: the, it's. I, I will say this. I wouldn't have picked it out, but it doesn't surprise me.
1: Uh, because it, it's so many years yep. of, like, 24-ish, yep. right? Like, you're, he's almost 15 years into it. All right. Here's the actual question. Can you tell me what player finished his career, there's only been one, at 299 home runs? Oh, Kalen. That's incorrect.
2: Oh, I was only saying that because Riz just held up this thing, and I can't read that far. <laughs> uh, it <his> says $399. <laughs> yeah. So, who is the only player to have finished at 299 Yeah. Hmm. Uh, $299. I, I, I truly he, have no he idea. He played
1: his entire career with one team.
2: His entire career.
1: You know this player very well. Is it a modern-era player? Uh, I mean, his career ranged from 1992 to 2006.
2: So this, these are my people. That's a, that, this is a player that I
1: played against. You somewhere. have talked to this person face-to-face. Recently? 10,000 times.
2: 10,000? 10, wow, 10,000 times. Mean,
1: I mean, I, I assume. I don't know that for a fact, actually. But you were in the same ballpark with this person for years. For years, yeah, and he finished with two hundred ninety-nine
2: home runs. Yeah, two hundred. I'm
1: gonna give you some other fun hints. It's not AJ Pollock. It's not Mike Trout.
2: It is Tim Salmon. And I have had ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> That's I I wouldn't have had that. I wouldn't have picked that 299. out. Two ninety-nine. Yeah. So, so Billy Williams. Yeah, who I mean, awesome career. If you go look at, at you know the, the Hall of Fame career of Billy Williams, he he did so many things incredibly well, drives in runs. He did it for twenty years and hits for high average, etc. And and I think he he finished his career. I'm I'm gonna, I'm ballparking here, but I think it was a 417 home runs, if, if memory serves. And I asked him. I said, of all the 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 great things that you did, you know, what's the thing that you wish you would have done he said you know if i'd have known 500 home runs was that big a deal i'd have hung around and did it which i think is hilarious when you're that great that you can say that yeah i did not know that the 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 tim salmon 299 uh we were rookies the same year we we played each other from triple a on up and and uh you know, get a great career. That that will, it's one of those careers that unless you are you know an Angels fan, yeah. you probably won't appreciate uh, until you go back and look in the at baseball
0: ref. I think he's one of the greatest players to never make an All Star team, which is along with Eric Chavez.
2: Eric Chavez never made an All Star yeah. team. Yeah, wow. That's I know. Do you believe that? Yeah, there's some beauties in there. Yeah. Like the it used to be like a go to for me. Like who is who caught more games as a major leaguer. Without making an All-Star team, because oh. you know if you are a catcher of any length in our league, sooner or later you wind up on an All-Star team. Is <laughs> yes. how it goes. You know? <laughs> and uh, for the longest time, and I think I, I think since it's been, but for the longest time, is Rick Dempsey, who caught forever and had nice years, and I, but he never never caught in an All-Star game, which is amazing to me because this guy's been an MVP of the World Series. He's been on. Countless postseason teams you remember watching them on TV a ton as a kid because those Orioles teams were always around they were playing an all-star game That's a tells you that, that like we throw around all-star and it's uh it really is an honor to, yeah. to make it to the all-star game regardless of whether you were the lone selection for a team having a, a poor season or the sixth selection for you know a dynamic team it's a, it's it really
1: is an honor there's no doubt we told we we talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, you know, I thought you would fare better this week, yeah. uh, But apparently, <laughs> apparently, in your 10,000 conversations with Timmy, never said, you know, I only hit 299 all runs. <laughs> so,
2: so this is—I—I I will share this story. You know, I—we've I, we, talked before on these airwaves about the the immaculate grid. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, you know, I am a I am a an excited participant on a daily basis in in the the immaculate grid, and and I typically fare very well, and. This last week was not my best week, and I and I, I, I share them back and forth with with a, a couple of friends, one of whom Alex Meyer, right here on 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 our own turf. Alex is crushes it. He's awesome, you know, uh, from our baseball info department. Alex does a phenomenal phenomenal job. I, I also share them with my son, and I, and we'll go back and forth. A couple of writer friends. And, you know, this week I I had some uncharacteristic struggles and this will really let you know what you need to know about my mindset going into Tim Salmon. And this is, you know, (laughs) it's coming off of Monday's loss to to the Angels and Tuesday morning, you know, and so now we've lost four in a row, which is, you know, a season high for us. We we know we had not been there and, you know, we went from the highest of highs to now we really struggled for a two week stress stretch through that, that road trip and, and what was you know a, a series of immaculate grid scores that were you know pretty good, uh, and then all of a sudden I went into this slump where I'm missing boxes, <laughs> and I, I'm there. and and I sent them out, and and uh, a friend of mine sent back a, a, a comment, what is going on with you and your team? This is some kind of Elliot and ET thing that's happening, <laughs> yeah. There's so therein lies my Tim Salmon. I, I will. I'm gonna go back to, to my office. I'm gonna light some sage and yes. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on.
1: JP style. Smart. Yeah. That was a unique aroma in the clubhouse <laughs> the other is. day.
2: You know who introduced that?
1: I was that was a Mike Cameron. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Mike I, Cameron and the, there were, there were multiple people. I heard an internal report that when they walked in the clubhouse and smelled that, they said. My Cameron's here. <laughs> Cam's here.
2: You know, we we were this is circa 2021. You know, when we were we were on a rough stretch, and there was you know there wasn't a lot of of there wasn't a lot of energy around what we were doing, which is unusual for our club. And and I picked up the phone and I called Cam and I said, Cam, can you get to Houston? You know, just go in and see the fellas. And you know, the the next thing I I called Scott and I said, Hey, heads up, Cam's gonna gonna be joining for the rest of the road trip. He'll be there in Houston. He said, All right. Scott calls me the next day, and he said, the clubhouse stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he was burning sage for the boys, just getting the bad juju out. That's
1: gra- we had, well, I think, of a year full of fun memories last year. One of our favorite memories oh, was rolling yes. into the Houston Hotel lobby at, like, 1 in the morning, right? And Cammy's there. And we went back and forth with Mike Cameron about waiting on base average <laughs> For 20 minutes. <laughs> it was just fantastic. I mean, like, he wasn't a skeptic. He, he genuinely wanted to know more about it. He did ask some very good questions that came across as highly skeptical. <laughs> I'm like, Cammy, no, this is – like, you're looking even better with this. This is playing into your career, man. Like, this is your friend. What are you talking about is waiting on base? It was great. We had so, a great time with it.
2: Cam, Cam and I – for. Uh, this dates back a couple of years. We sat through three games in Chicago. It was an early season; might have been our first road trip in 2021. And we sat up in a in a suite down the left field line, just the two of us. Spent three straight days of me introducing to him great players in baseball history who had less war than Cammy did. Yes. Really, and every time he'd yes. go, "Come on, <laughs> 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 that's, <thing>. that's right." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's how you get buy in right there. That's right. Right? That's right.
2: Shortly okay. thereafter he came to work for us and he said, Name your price. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Jerry, this has been great, man. Thank you as always. Not a fun.